Hello and welcome to episode 925 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is Thursday, May 6th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. How you doing? I am well. Um, enjoyed the John Means no-hitter yesterday. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Teams starting to go in the right direction. Did did lose a couple key players uh, in the same day in, in one league, but we'll talk about that. That's, you know, it's injuries. It's happening. And everybody got a little bit of a news and notes app here. Going to be a little bit on the shorter side, uh, just due to timing right now. But uh, let's dive right in and talk about John Means. And first off, did you get to see it? I tuned in about the sixth inning. Yeah, I, I there was multiple games on, and I was not on it. Then the little uh, on my iPad, the little red tab comes down to say "perfect game." Definitely going to tune in at that point. By the way. It said perfect game deep into the yeah, game. Yeah, through the and eighth inning, it, it said perfect game. Despite not being one. And now I've had major issues with my at bat app this year that are particularly annoying. Not the end of the world. I know, you know, an app not working. I'm not losing my mind. Just relative to that, though, it's been really bad this year. It shuts down all the time. Sometimes it doesn't update. And frankly, the top bar where something like that perfect game tab would be doesn't update. So when I tweeted out that he was close to perfection, by the way, I also didn't have the sound on all the way. So I'm sure they said no hitter. I would have picked that up, but I just saw the perfect game thing. I was like, yo, three outs until perfection. Let's go. And everyone's like, it's not, it's not perfect. It's not perfect. <laughs> and I was like, man, MLB making me look stupid because mine's a piece of crap and doesn't update. And so everyone's like, no, it's actually on there for everybody mm-hmm. because the way their algorithm or whatever, I don't even know if it's an algorithm that would do it, whatever their software is that would capture that sees minimum faced, no hits, no walks, no hit by pitches. It's a perfect game. It does not, it did not compute the drop third strike pickoff that ended up happening to Sam Haggerty. And uh, I, I really connected a lot with Meg's tweet about this. You know, she did the wired and tired thing. Tired is, is deciding whether or not this is a perfect game. And wired is using this as an opportunity to rail on the drop third strike rule, yeah. which is the dumbest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. It is like, okay. So thankfully you agree. I was going to definitely ask you to make sense of it. If you, if you were on the other end, I just can't see the validity for, like, I don't understand. I don't understand. Punish a pitcher and a team because a catcher might not have caught like a nasty pitch that the batter like flailed at. So you're bailing the the batter out because how many times is a drop third strike? Like not like when, when does the batter ever do anything good there that they should actually be rewarded? Yeah. I can only think of maybe one instance when like a batter, like purposely has like swung at something on a third strike to try to run. I, I, and I don't even know if that's correct. Like it's, it's it's a stupid rule. It's just so a stupid rule, and it just it doesn't make sense. I, I I mean, I love the game of baseball. Obviously, Me if too. you're listening to this, <laughs> you love the game of baseball. Yeah. but there's some critique our game though. Dumb rules, you know. Yeah. It just there's no like corollary in another sport. Like no, like I mean, I, I don't even know what it would be like if you shoot a free throw. But it hits the rim. It only counts if it hit the rim twice on the free throw. 
Like it, it's such I'm a stupid to, rule. Like there's no, there's. Yeah, there's, I'm, I'm trying to think of an analog for it too. I'm like, if the if the center drops the snap, then they lose ten yards. Well, no, because the offense, the, the hard part is, it's you like have to have a way to redeem game. yourself too. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Because you can go get it as the catcher and throw them out and still complete it. It's just dumb, and um, you know, I wouldn't be upset if they called it a perfect game. To be honest. Because it was 27 up, 27 down. Nothing, I mean, you can say, I want to say nothing that he did, nothing that John Means did caused it. You can say, oh, well, you know, the the pitch was spiked a little bit. It's like, I don't know, man. I think everyone that sees that knows it's on Pedro Severino. And I just don't know, I just don't know that we need to have that rule at all. Um, and I think we're in agreement there. But let's talk about Means in the bigger picture, right? Um he was a he was a chic breakout pick this year by by multiple outlets, and uh, I think we can count ourselves among that as as liking means, and and what he we thought he could do this year. You know he had the velo spike last year, but he lost a lot of his command. Started to find that command at the end. Um, you know by bringing the velo back down a little bit. That's what's happening this year. It's down a tick from where it was last year, which is still above eighteen to nineteen. His command is back. He's been awesome. 30% strikeout rate, 6% walk rate, 137 ERA, 0.67 whip. We know he's not going to maintain, obviously, at this clip. But is he a top – is John Means top 30, 30 pitcher right now? I think he's going to be close. I, I do worry as things start to heat up weather-wise in Baltimore that, you know, the ball will travel a lot farther in Camden and home runs have been an issue for him in the past. So yeah, that's something he's doing a great job stifling this year with a 0.98 mark. Can he continue it? He's a career one five. And before this, I got to imagine he's like a one seven, yeah. one six coming into this year. He's brought it down, he's brought it down just a little, but yeah, you got to love a sub one right now. It It is with a 10% home to fly ball rate, which is actually a good bit below average these days. Uh, the average trends around 15%. And you're right about Camden. In but the not summer. something that's un- necessarily uncommon for him. He had a sub 10% homer to fly ball rate in 2019. Correct. And that was um, also with a high fly ball rate. If, you, mm-hmm. if anyone's concerned about that, he had a 50% fly ball rate this year. It's at 46%. So he's always been a fly ball guy. Um, and so that, you know, certainly contributes to the home run rate a bit, but everything else is in, in, in line right now. And and the best part I think is that's the strikeout jump. And again, we started to see hints of it last year, uh, with everything coming together, but this year he's dialed it up 16% on the swinging strike rate, fostering that 30% mark. I mean, he's been, he's been a monster. Um, I do agree, you know, Camden in the summer can be dangerous, but I don't know that that would even send him super no. Uh, you know, much lower. Like maybe I put him at top forty at that point. Maybe maybe have some careful weeks with him, but I don't even know that I'm I'm sitting him at any point right now. Yeah, even I, against difficult opponents. No, I think he's I think he's a must start right now, uh, and I think he he's not going to be. I'm still working on my SP ranks, but you too. I, by the way, he's we'll not get, we'll get those out. I know we promised those. We will have those out on yeah. the Patreon very soon. He, he's not going to be outside of my top 40. He'll be inside of there. Um, especially because I mean, he's just, his command and control are just so good. He's just not going to walk guys, uh, which means even when he gives up the homers, more than likely it will be, you know, uh, one, you know, solo shot or a two run home run at, at yeah. worst. So 
I I think he could easily be a mid to low threes ERA guy rest of the way uh, with you know a boatload of strikeouts. Uh, love what the slider is doing this year, which is uh, was his worst pitch last year, um, and been one of his better pitches this year. So I'm yeah I'm very impressed by John Means. I wish I had gotten more shares. Uh, but injury issues were the thing that kind of scared me off because he had some sort of injury in spring. Yeah, and it stinks when something like that happens, and then only to find out that they do well. You know, that's a that's a battle I have during spring is is overreacting to the small injuries, and and trying to be careful about uh, about not about reacting properly. And it's hard to say, right? Because. I think part of it is when we get into spring, we're so eager for baseball that we take every bit of news and kind of magnify it. And I think that's a bit of a concern. And then sometimes things just get overblown with the reporting. So it's like, oh, this this injury happened. Oh my God, this guy's in trouble. And it's like, nah, you know, a few days later he's fine. Well, you had three drafts in the interim there that you didn't get him. So I know that's uh, that's a bummer when when you're kind of eyeing somebody, but you move away for an injury that turns out not to be a big deal because he's been he's been a monster. Obviously, hold him. I will say, if you did want to sell high, if your pitching did work out in a way where John Means is almost extra, I think you can actually sell decently high, and 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 get a, a good bit here. I think uh, people are seeing what he's been able to do. You can point back to last year's skills and say that this isn't out of nowhere. And I think you can get a solid return. So if you are looking to trade means, I, I think there's some definite potential to get uh, a nice cash in there. Christian Yelich returned for a day and then immediately went back on the IL. Greatly disappointing uh, Brewers fans and fantasy managers alike. It was with a lower back strain. Real unfortunate. I mean, he and Kane come back on the same day. Kane goes yard. I want to say uh, he got a Yelich got a couple of hits. Apparently the back's still giving him trouble though because he goes right back on the IL the very next day, bring back brings back Tyrone Taylor who goes yard, um, but with Yelich back on the IL this quickly again with the back, I have to ask, is he a sell low candidate? Oh, I hate selling low this early in a season. I know, um, probably not. Okay, um, but I I'm not. I'm not going to beat up anybody who does that, especially if you're in a position where you're just crushed by injuries and you just you need someone who's going to be productive so you don't fall too far behind. Because I mean, at this point, your first round pick has two stolen bases and no home runs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and obviously a lot of expectation for him to return. I, I was very bullish on on Yelich. I didn't have any concerns, mm-hmm. um, at least skills wise, with with the health. You know, I think that's kind of ever present there now that he has a a persistent back situation. But um, I think, you know, I, I didn't have any problems taking him. I only got him in one league, so I'm not uh, not freaking out there. Let me let me just throw some names at you though. Um, so you don't want to sell too low. But what about what about like um, and you maybe you don't even know if you can if you think you can't get this, then obviously say that. Um, you think someone would would give you Tim Anderson for him? I and think, if so, would you take it? I think they would, and I think I would definitely entertain that. Yeah, I think I'd probably take that. Okay, because that I, you know that is selling lower, you know, just from a draft capital standpoint. But I don't know that it's selling that low. When I initially said that, I was talking like, you know, flavor of the month riser guy, like. Um, 
I mean, I don't want to say Cedric Mullins because I don't think I was th- thinking quite quite like that. I think that's a of little bit. Of course, Cedric Mullins is a better player. Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah, You're mean just... Mercedes. You're yeah. mean Mercedes, and just take him. Just do it. No. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was thinking Tim Anderson and Matt Olson were the two names that jumped out. Well, yeah. Matt I don't know that I would him. do Matt Olson because what you're yeah what you're losing with average and speed from Yelich you're not going to be able to make up for with Olson. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa! Careful on that average beat. He's hitting for some average this year. Yeah, but do we really think that's sustainable? I mean, I actually do. I, I've consistently thought that that Matt Olson can be a better average. I mean, he has been uh, up until last year. 259, 247, 267. That's pretty good batting average from a power source. And he dropped to 195 last year, which was wild. He's at 281 this year. I don't think it's out of bounds to keep that. It's with a 294 Babbitt, which is not egregious. Um, He cut the strikeout rate down to 20%. It's a matter of if he can keep that. Now, there has not been a corresponding swinging strike rate drop for Matt Olson. So I understand if you have some skepticism about the 281 specifically. It would not blow me away if he kept it. But if I'm projecting him the rest of the year, of course, I'm saying, you know, pay for a 255 the rest yeah, of the year. Yeah, and I think that's and that probably is a big fair. dip. And there's no speed, as you said. So that's that's fair. It's a different type of player. Um, you know, I would not go too much lower than that. I'm with you. I would, I'm not selling way low here. I'm not just trying to get a productive bat uh, or a productive arm to, just to get out from under uh, Yelich. I, I, I want to still be smart about this if I'm going to move him and get a pretty high-impact player, um, you know, I love Jesus Aguilar. I wouldn't do something like that. Um, Chris Taylor's pro- playing well. That's too too low. So you know that stay in those first uh, first four to six rounds after after Yelich if you're gonna if you're gonna make the move. Um, what about Tyrone Taylor? By the way, he got called back up. Hits another homer. He's been really good in fill-in duty. He's kind of a lefty killer. Um, does that? Does, is that what you see him as, though? Just somebody who can really spot in against lefties and, and can't necessarily play day to day? Or do you think he could find some time where he's playing every day and maybe become something more? I mean, the way he's hitting, at some point, there should give him a chance to just play, right? Right. Now, uh, you know, Avi Garcia had a four for four day yesterday. He was somebody who was struggling that you would maybe look at and say, why don't you give Taylor some of that playing time? So if Avi starts getting going, it will be Bradley. Kane, Avisel Garcia, and it will keep Taylor as that fourth guy. What, what but, happened in this game that Taylor came in? Because he was not in the starting lineup. Yeah, it was just a pinch hit. And then he got three more plate appearances? No, 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 no. Avisel Garcia went four for four. No, no, T- but, Taylor, it, but Taylor went oh, he did? one for three. Oh, I thought with, it was just a pinch hit homer. Yeah, no, but, it, was, uh, it was a pinch hit homer, but he stayed in the he stayed game. In. So, like, I don't... Did Jackie Bradley Jr., go out that they was this a weird double switch oh you know what Peralta got blown up in the first I bet you it was a double switch and then Uh, they kept him in the game Uh, because this is super frustrating for me he was one of my like cheap plays of the day in DFS and I had to scratch him from my lineup and then he gets a a whole game (laughs) yeah you're right it's because Peralta got smoked and so they put him in left did they move where they move Bradley out yeah, it looks like they took Bradley out. Wow, uh, to move the pitcher spot there. So that's how Taylor ended up getting to play for most of the day. 
and ended up having a good game with his with his home run there. So yeah, I mean, you know, they got the four guys there. Like I said, I, you know, I loved Avi coming into the year. He did bounce his average up to 260 with that four for four day. Um, Jackie Bradley Jr. has been brutal though too. So maybe Tyrone Taylor starts to take some of his time. I think Kane is locked and loaded. Um, and then I think you know Avi and and Jackie Bradley have to keep keep an eye over their shoulder to make sure Tyrone Taylor doesn't take their time. I think in 15 teamers, he's at least on your watch list right now because he's, he's been great. 306, 405, 611 so far this year for Tyrone Taylor. Keep an eye on him for sure. Uh, let's move over to Alex Kirloff. He's slowed by a wrist that puts him on the IL right after getting going. He's had such a weird uh, career already. He has all of 12 games, but it has this whole like, rich story to it he comes up his first five games he goes over you know this guy's a bomb dude i'm gonna cut him yeah right if you looked under the hood you know that he was destroying the ball uh and he was just finding gloves it was one of those things like this is bubbling under the surface well it turned around quicker than i think even those who were his proponents believe because in the next seven games he clubbed four homers and three doubles so he was out of his mind and then boom a wrist hits him and he goes on the il how disappointing is that it's super disappointing um, because, like, I was stoked at him in a few leagues, uh, places where I didn't get a uh, clinic, um, and I was like, oh, my God, this guy is just on fire. And But this is the same wrist injury that slowed him down previously. So this mm-hmm. is a bit concerning that this has now popped back up. And I want to say look- Rocco Baldelli, their manager, stated that this is not, like, a nothing injury. It, 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 quote, doesn't appear to be the most minor of things, which is a roundabout way of saying this is a big deal. He doesn't want to say it's <laughs> yeah. serious. It, this is not does not appear to be the most minor of things. That's a hilarious way to say that this is very serious. And I'm not trying to say it's funny that uh, about the injury or anything, but, you know, he's dancing around saying this is a big deal. This sucks. And I think that's how we should read that, because he's trying his best to sugarcoat it. This is bad. And this is a huge bummer. I think Kirilov's a cut in redrafts um, if you need the spot. Hold on as long as you can, but I think you can cut him if you're if you're up against it. You're one of those many teams that has several injuries. I think you can cut him, unfortunately. All right, let's keep moving on and talk about Joey, Joey Votto and his fractured thumb. I said in the note that he fractured his thumb. Technically, Dallas Keuchel did. <laughs> he hit him with a pitch. And uh, I'm sure you've seen the, the comment where, you know, Votto self-roasted. He said he thought he was being a baby because of the pain and that it, was, it wasn't it was as bad. Uh, it's like, you know, he knew it hurt, but he thought he was, he was overdoing it. Now, nah, it turns out it was a big deal. And now um, it's a fractured left thumb that's going to put him on the IL. He's had an interesting year as well where, you know, the power's really been there, but not much else has. It's almost like he's kind of selling out for the power here in his late career to pile up those homers. He has five of them, but he's at 226, 305, 425 uh, so far this year. So it hasn't been prototypical Votto by any stretch, especially with a 9% walk rate. But, you know, he was holding some deeper league viability, like a corner or a util. Do you think Joey Votto's a cut now with a fractured thumb? Yeah, I think he is a cut, um, which is unfortunate. Uh, however, on the on the bright side of this, does this mean Tyler Stevenson's going to play regularly? Boom. And, you know, you try not to you know, just look at the – I don't want to be like, oh, I don't care about this injury because it opens up this playing time. But it's our job to look at what the trickle-downs 
of moves like this are, and it does open up a spot for Stevenson to play first base. Rookie catcher who's been behind Barnhart playing very well, but Barnhart's playing very well. That's why Stevenson can't really overtake him, plus Barnhart's a uh, very strong defender. Well, now they can play both. And they can get uh, Stevenson at first base quite a bit. I think Kyle Farmer will dip in there a little bit as well. But I think Stevenson could get an opportunity to kind of be an everyday type of player. Obviously, he's going to maintain catcher eligibility. We talked last episode about the massive rash of catcher injuries. This brings Tyler Stevenson into focus quite a bit. I think he'll be a big focus in in bidding this week, especially Mm -hmm. for folks that need catcher. Yeah. I mean, he, he would be my number one ad right now. Uh, he was already a guy that I was targeting uh, in a number of spots last week with just uh, just losing a bunch of catchers. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I've always been a uh, Tyler Stevenson guy. I think he can just hit the cover off the ball. He's a guy who just needs the DH. Uh, he's not the best catcher. So he has worked uh, worked hard to, to get better. Uh, but I think this will be a really, really nice situation for him where he can play first base. Uh, a few days a week and then, you know, give uh, Barnhart some days off behind the plate and pretty much accumulate full-time playing time while Vlado's out. Yeah, this uh, this does really open up a great great amount of time here because it should be about a month for Votto. And, uh, you know, whenever there's a timetable, we usually add a bit to it. So I would plan for five to six weeks. Gives him a real opportunity, Stevenson, to to showcase himself and see if this 340, 392, 447 line has some legitimacy to it. Definitely picking him up where I need a catcher. Two catcher leagues for sure. You might, if you got kind of one of those back-end catchers that's fringy in the other, in, in a one-catcher league, maybe you see if Stevenson can, if you can catch lightning in a bottle with Stevenson here since he is going to play full-time. So I think that that's possible as well. Um, let's move on to some pitchers here. And I want to talk about Herman Marquez. Uh, you know, we're talking a lot incidentally about potential cuts. And I wonder if you th- think Marquez might be there at this point. Um, you know, he wasn't overdrafted this year. I think, um, people realize that can't beat Coors. And despite the fact that he can, he can be really great on the road and, and, and do some positive things, it's hard to overdraft him. So people have definitely dipped back. He leads baseball in walks with 21, which has led to him leading baseball in earned runs with 23. He has a 621 ERA and a 168 whip. Are you riding this out with Herman Marquez and just benching him? Or are you considering cutting him in mixed leagues? I don't think you can cut him. The The Rockies have played a lot of games at home to start the season. Um, and of Yeah, he his, only has two road starts. Yeah, and they're both versus San Francisco. Which is, I mean, a great place to pitch, but San Francisco has been extremely good. hot. Yeah, no, uh, they're they're good. They're so good. I I I still believe in his talent. Yeah, the walks are super concerning, um, but I think he's gonna be okay, and he's likely gonna have a lot more uh, road starts coming up, mm-hmm. uh, just because of the rocky schedule. I'm. I, I would probably I would try to stick with it. I totally understand someone wanting to drop him though. I think tens and twelves. It's a lot easier for me to be like, yeah. I it's can so hard to roster here. him to begin with in a ten exactly. or a twelve because, yeah. like he he's probably a streamer in a ten and twelve. Definitely is. Like yeah. I, I don't see any way that you can start him uh, at home. I mean, he does get a little unlucky here, where his next two starts are still at home. 
Cincinnati. This and the upcoming. hard part is considering what most people, it, most people's injury situations are, you probably have eaten a lot of this. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, you're getting in this situation was, where it's like, he was started in a hundred percent of main event leagues. There you go. Matt Davis so, uh, threw that out there over the weekend. It, it's, it's been rough. And uh, I do think that there, there are some cut situations. I even think some in 15 teamers, I don't think it's an automatic the way it is in tens and twelves, but I think Herman Marquez is he'll probably be a pickup down the line. I could totally see that. But the real concern here is those walks. If this was standard Herman Marquez and he was just getting eaten up by Coors because of that schedule, the way you mentioned it, I could do something with that and and kind of you know relax a little bit. But this is a doubling of his walk rate. Everything else is in line, but it's a doubling of his walk rate, and that's concerning. I will say the velo's down a full tick as well, so not everything is in line. So this is this is concerning, and you know if he does get cut and we start to see like a two start lineup where it's both on the road, I could totally see picking him up and picking him back up if you end up cutting him. But I don't think you need to hold that roster spot right now with with Marquez. Um, so you know you let your league determine it. But if you are tight for spots you can cut Herman Marquez as far as I'm concerned all right let's talk Cole Irvin of the Oakland A's I'm just going to kind of ask the obvious question is he legit he's got a 309 ERA a 111 whip uh, in 35 innings that's across six starts he's got a 296 FIP so you know the underlying is saying that there is some viability to what we're seeing here is Cole Irvin legit for the A's Hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm wondering where all these strikeouts came from. <laughs> I mean, he got 24% rate with no real improvement to his swinging strike rate. Because you look at last year, he had three and two-thirds innings. I'm not really taking anything from that. So I go back to 19 mm-hmm. when he had 41 and two-thirds. It's a similar sample to what we've seen here. And he had a nine, we'll call it 10% because it's nine and a half. 10% swinging strike rate. He's at the same level this year, 9.7. So call it 10 and yet he's jumped from 17% strikeout to 24% strikeout. So there doesn't always have to be a corresponding swinging strike gain, strike gain, but it is a little odd that he's jumped up that much with nary a move mm-hmm. up. Point uh, two is not is not moving the needle enough. I mean, he's getting his swinging strikes at the right times. I guess I wonder if he's a big called he, strike. Yeah, guy. he's he's getting almost 16% called strikes. That's a pretty good pretty good rate there. Um, but that's in line with. 2019 as well so i don't know this seems a little odd he throws 91 he's not overpowering he doesn't walk guys so he's a command and control guy gets up a lot of zone contact um i'm yeah i this is one where i think it's uh i mean i think he's yeah a good command and control guy like you said but there's there's going to be some homer problems here at some point it seems like it right yeah i mean the way he lives in the zone like that, mm-hmm. he's had homer issues throughout his career, but he's down to .77 so far this year with an 8% homer to fly ball. You know, everything's kind of go. He's also a fly ball guy, you know, the same way we talked about with Means, but Means has better stuff to kind of protect him, whereas I don't really see that with Irvin here. If you've gotten a lot of this or any of this, I think you should feel happy, but I would I would continue to spot him. I still don't think I would put him as an everyday play just because the performance has been good to this point. Next week, he goes to Minnesota. What do you think about that? Mm, probably not starting him against Minnesota. He's very John Means-like. 
Like he's diet yeah. John Means. Yeah, because he doesn't throw as hard or anything, but he's got the change up that's pretty good. Yep. This is intriguing. I need to go back and watch some more starts of his, but I I don't feel comfortable with with this necessarily. Yeah, I definitely have some questions about it. It's um, great that he pitches in Oakland. I mean, that'll help. Exactly. That absolutely helps. I wanna I wanna see though if I maybe can get you to do this Minnesota start here. I mean, they're not doing that well. They've got like three guys. It it really is Cruz. Uh, Buxton and, and Donaldson that are doing the damage and not much. I mean, that the funny thing is those three have basically alone made them a top 10 offense. They're seventh in WRC plus, but you uh, look imagine at the other guys, fading Nelson Cruz. No, I, I, that's the thing. I mean, they do still have Cruz and Buxton. So even if it was just those two, maybe they're scary enough. Um, and Hey, Mitch Garver turning it around a bit too. He's still only hitting 208, but he does have six homers. So his uh, his WRC plus is creeping up. Yeah, I mean they're pretty I, good I, offense against left-handed pitchers. I wouldn't begrudge anybody for for taking this one off. I think I think it's it'd be savvy to get ahead of this here. Continue to play Cole Irvin the way you would have if he didn't have a three hundred nine ERA and one eleven WHIP that you were suspect of. Because I don't think these thirty five innings have fundamentally changed his outlook. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna say sit it. It's it's definitely. It's a risk-reward play. So Minnesota is striking out at a 26% clip against lefties. Okay. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, the 319 Woba isn't anything to necessarily be super afraid about. 733 OPS versus lefties. And I don't know. Are you trying to talk me into this? I'm I'm talking myself into it. I probably I'm, I'm would not now, do it. You know, his last couple starts too. Toronto, he beasted Toronto mm-hmm. for eight innings. Cole Irvin did three hits, one run, nine strikeouts, and then at Tampa Bay, six innings, two runs, seven hits and a walk, eight strikeouts there. Uh, Baltimore and Detroit before that, n- nothing to write home yeah, about. Detroit's like and the then, worst team in the, the league versus lefties. In, unbelievable how bad they are um and then two houston starts that were pretty mediocre actually to start the season where he had nine and two-thirds and gave up eight runs across those two starts no real strikeouts to speak of so he took a turn after that got good against detroit and baltimore but maintained it against tampa bay and toronto so i think i'm still sitting him here i think it's the right move because if you rewind like two weeks ago you would not have started him there. I don't think that these good starts against Tampa Bay and Toronto, I know that there's like that hot hand is a thing, but you don't know when it's going to end. That's the tough part. It's like one of those things that you can go back and look and see it, but going forward, it's hard to know when it's going to end. So there, there's viability what Irvin's doing. I'd play it safe here, and I'd say sit. Yeah. Did you talk yourself into it, or are you still sitting him? I'm still sitting him. <laughs> All right, I, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. So, and by the way, um, you could still pick him up this week because uh, he's probably still available in some leagues. He's available in a lot of ten and twelves. Yeah, and you could still pick him up if you want, and then just put him on your bench. Now, that's a little bit of a luxury to have to to be able to do that. So, you might not have that luxury, but if you do, and if you if you're someone who's streaming guys in and out, in and out, like it's it's not a bad play. It's just not one that I'm necessarily going to make a lot of the time. 
Yeah, I, I would say it's not a one hundred percent sit, but I am I'm I'm sitting without reason. If, again, mm-hmm. if you're a streamer, all you, if you're someone who's streaming a bunch, sure. But I think at a fifteen, I, you're starting him. You might not have much of a choice. Yeah, a that's fifth. that's what I mean. Like, are you going to start yeah. him or Mitch Keller? God, definitely Kohler. Because I had to start Mitch Keller this week in the main event. Didn't it worked out. It worked yeah. out really well for the first start to... of the two. So we'll see. I'm still terrified. He's got another start this week. Oh my gosh, who's he got this week? I don't. I can't remember. But <laughs> it's it's. Let's see. Uh, I think he set up for two start next week. Actually. Oh, is it? Next? Oh, I think he's yeah, got Cincinnati, doesn't he? They have Cincinnati next week. Cincinnati is oh, okay. at home um, for Mitch Keller. So it, yeah, he could have like only one guy can get can get a two start this week. I think they're going to give it to Tyler Anderson as they should. Yeah, absolutely. He's actually pitching well. So yeah, I think we've kind of gone in circles a little bit here. Be careful with Irvin. Um, I think Justin ended up talking himself into Irvin a little bit more than he thought initially. And I kind of came, I was higher and then we kind of met in the middle. I think we're, I think we're on the same page now with, with Irvin. You can do it in the right situation. I would lean. No, I'd have to find a reason to do it is what I'm saying. Okay, so that's my bottom line on Urban right now with the Minnesota start next week. There's a two way star out there. That is not getting enough attention. Okay, everyone's talking about this. Otney guy in L.A. or whatever. I don't know his name. Don't really pay attention to that because I'm on Hawaskari Noah, baby. My man is out here. Smacking grand grand slams. His second homer of the year. He's five for 13. Who says they don't want pitchers? But he has a double as well. He's beasting and feasting. Why isn't Atlanta starting him on his off days? Those idiots. Uh, more importantly. Can though, he, he catch? A, right? I mean, William <laughs> Contreras is off to a decent start, though. And he's got some mm-hmm. pedigree there with his brother, Wilson. Uh, but he has a 236 ERA and a .90 whip. I know it does. And this is what, you know, this happens, I'm sure, to everybody. Uh, at some point, you make a little, you make a little, uh, a little gamble on, on a two start. And you go out and you, and you pick somebody up based kind of on spec, basically, and it goes well for you. But then you you thought they were like a streamer, so you move on, and they turn out to be great. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happened with Noah. Five scoreless against Washington, six innings, one run. 10 strikeouts against Miami. Then he gets blitzed by the Cubs. So it's like, okay, well, you know, it's time to jump off. Three great starts since then against Arizona, the Cubs, and then Washington. Um, he's been on fire. He has just the one bad start. Reason I thought maybe just pick up, use him, and move on. Two-pitch guy can get a little dicey there. But he's been excellent. Uh, how much are we believing in Huascar Noah? I mean, I believe in the talent. I, I wish he would throw the change up some more so he had like an actual true third pitch um but i understand like (laughs) when he's pitching this way the way he is like why go away from what he's doing um i i mean he's hitting 385 385 923 with two home runs (laughs) i know we don't care about his hitting but that's an insane line for a picture crushing dude i mean it's three extra base hits a double and two homers yeah but you know it's funny like that's not even the most impressive thing it it is this this 
pitching performance. It's been awesome. He's up to 97, um, which is up from 95 last year. You know, he's not walking anybody. That was a little bit of an issue in his 21 and two thirds last year. We didn't, we didn't see the strikeouts, but there was an underlying swinging strike rate that said, you know, he can miss some bats. So in Noah's putting that together this year uh, with a 13% swinging strike rate, that's yield a 29% K rate. You know, there's a little bit of a homer issue. I think a lot of it's owed to the the three homer game against the Cubs. The, the one time he got rocked, um, that's three uh, homers out of five. So that's another thing. Be careful with quote unquote home run issues this year. Go look at their game log and see is it one awful game? Is it persistent? You know, a home these run games are game? gonna pop up not having that. You know, a real third pitch. That's the thing. Yeah, and so I think you have to. He's he's like prime Chris Archer. Yeah, which was well, fantastic or, for a little while. Or Denelson Lamette. Yeah, and you and know, I I mean I because you had no draft capital in it. You're fine with it. I mean, I can't imagine he's available in very many leagues. But if he is no. in your 10 or 12s, you you must pick him up and just Always ride. check. Always check. Do not trust your league mates to not be dopes um, because you never know. And you can get lucky and just, wow, he was indeed available. And then you, you, you're like, okay, great. Probably not. But you never know, especially in shower leagues. Oscar Eno has been awesome. If you're riding it, enjoy I cut it like an idiot. (laughs) Anyway, last bit here. Back to another hitter. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, ITL's favorite player. (laughs) Love to troll me because I I had no use for him. And uh, you know what? I still don't. Worthless. Absolutely terrible. Now I'm just fueling the fire here. He's he's been incredible. Um, He's leading in volume. Leading baseball in volume. Has the most games. Played appearances and at-bats in baseball. And he's killing it. 264, 309, 434. That's not the part that's killing it. It's the five homers and six steals. And the reason he kind of came in focus and became a little bit of a meme with me and the ITL crew was because of his catcher eligibility at Yahoo. And I was like, yeah, who cares? And, you know, I stand firm by what I said at the time. Like, no, it was wrong. It, it was no. wrong at the time. No, we, it wasn't. We had we this a, discussion on the podcast. It was no, wrong at the time. No, it wasn't. It you was. guys are insane. Was absolutely this is a wrong 77 OPS plus guy that you guys are like, no, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. I, I think I see a breakout coming. Just because you no, idiots because you could get 15, ca- 15 stolen bases from the catcher position. No, there was no get. The, the, see, the problem with that was he's a 64% success rate. Like the, you're, On a team that loves crack. to run. No. Y'all's logic. No, didn't it, track. go back and listen to that. I'm not, yeah, not, not back. you, but um, no, the please, listeners please go, back go back and listen to it and, and understand how blind squirrel finding an acorn. This is I'll, I'll eat the L. Okay. That's fine. He's performing well, but just because you guys had bad logic that, that happened. It wasn't bad that. logic. <laughs> yes. It, what made you think he was going to get 15 steals when he is a 65% success rate guy? Like he, he was eight for 13 yeah. last year. Yeah. In 58 games, he's playing every day on a team okay. that runs when, a ton. No, when you continue to run that poorly, you lose opportunities to run. But now not in Texas. For, now he's six for six, and so it's not it's not hurting him. Like obviously, they, but now you can run wild and and five homers. Like God, I, you know, one thing I hate 
and this is so annoying is when people when y'all can't admit that you stumbled on something here because like I'll eat the L but like this is such dumb luck though too five homers already in 32 games even the six steals is absolutely insane you guys like no we called it okay okay if you want to think that and you keep I mean he finding no 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 one year. no one thought he was gonna do this I mean he was projected for like seven home runs this year he's got five so far like i mean and i don't think like if he gets to 13 home runs i will be very surprised but i did the only good thing about him was the catcher eligibility yeah, exactly he ran a little bit but like that's such a niche thing anyway it's only yahoo but now i think we have to talk and the real question that i have on the sheet is is he viable everywhere even without the catcher eligible i think he is especially just for the speed I mean, the speed alone, and I mean, he's leading off, uh, you know, half the time in in Texas. This is a team that really likes to push on the base paths. He had shortstop and third base eligibility coming into the season, which is huge. Like, I drafted him in a bunch of 15s this year um, just because of that shortstop third base eligibility. Uh, and I'm I'm pretty happy about it, and I think he's now probably 12-team league viable he's already 100 percent in the ocs though so oh, wow. i mean That's i'm wondering surprising. i'm wondering how much deeper like he's at 76 percent at espn in fact uh, uh uh somebody on twitter and i wish i'd remembered the name i'm sorry but they tweeted us that uh the plus minus on there is the last seven days so he's up 28 points yeah uh, in the last seven days on his roster rate uh kiner falefa is so I mean, he's not even that available anymore, so we're not even talking so much availability to go pick up, but more so, are you just setting and forgetting with Isaiah Kiner-Falefa? I think I am at this point. I mean, because, yeah, even if you don't have that catcher eligibility, like you said, he still does have positional flexibility. It's just at, at uh, you know, third, short, and then the, thus corner and middle as well. And, I mean, yeah, you can't really... <laughs> The, the homers already exceeded expectations. Even the steal, six for six, it's so good um, that if they just turn him loose and just say, hey, keep running, this could be one of the breakouts of the year. His hard hit percentage is 37%, and he's got a 94% zone contact percentage. Dang, that's really good. So, like, uh, I mean, I don't think he's going to, like I said, I don't, an, he's not a double, I, or he's not a 20 homer guy, but, sure. like, if he goes... 13-18. Oh, my God. That'd be insane, dude. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty damn good still, year for a guy you got outside the top 300, more than likely. That's still 8-12 and 12 the rest of the way from Kiner yep. Falefa. I think that's and, you plausible. Know, 37% hard hit rate doesn't jump off the page. It's his highest. So you, you bring that up to point out that he's hitting the ball harder yeah, than for he him. ever had. Well, yeah, and exactly, because he's exactly. making so much contact. Yeah. That, yep. that percentage of it being hard contact is going to play. Wonder if there's um, any bad, like he doesn't run high BABIPs. Um, I wonder if there's any uh, average upside with, uh, with Kiner Falefa. I don't know. Um, but yeah, maybe, has, I mean, uh, he's got an XBA of 287 right now. What's funny is, uh, you know, he got off to like a decent start and, you know, hear it every time he hits a homer or whatever. I'm like, okay, whatever. Then he goes on a huge cold streak, so of course I fire back because why not? And I completely spurred a huge hot streak from <laughs> he, him. He follows you on Twitter. Like he had a nine-game run where he was hitting one thirty-nine, one eighty-four, one thirty-nine. I was like, yeah, where, where, where are those 
Kiner Falefa freaks at. As of April 19th, he was hitting 203, 247, 319. And I told you he's hitting 264, 309, 434. So that tells you what he's been doing since then. In his last 15 games, he has three homers, four steals, and a 945 OPS. He's out of his mind. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But he's been great. Um, yeah, he's not really available in many leagues. If if you are in a 10-teamer ESPN, he's still 24%. You should at least check the, the again, check the wire to make sure. But dang, it's uh it's impressive. It really is. He's been he's been great. And uh hats hats off to Mr. Hats off to Mr. Kiner Falefa for making me look stupid. Okay. And we're gonna end on that note. All right. Justin. Hope you have a great weekend. Good luck on Fab. I know you have to like start yours now because of your 4,000 teams. But uh, I will talk to you on Tuesday. Take it easy.